Hello everyone, welcome to the episode 73 of Solid Saturday. The guest we have today, Jesus Kampa, is an internationally recognized expert on leadership, law enforcement and security. Through the International Association of Directors of Law Enforcement Standards and Training, IADLEST, Jesus Kampa is a national and international certified in- instructor. Jesus retired as the Chief Deputy of the El Paso County Sheriff Office after a successful 20-year career. Jesus was appointed as the Chief of Police for the Ector County Independent School District in Odisha, Texas. Jesus then served as the Chief of Police for the City of Marshall, Texas. Texas. Jesus' last tour as a Chief of Police in a city impacted by racial divisions led him to create and implement the innovative No Colors, No Labels initiative designed to remove the preconceived notion that the police were racially motivated. NCNL provided a safe community for all citizens. In 2017, Jesus was named Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Humanitarian of the Year by the NAACP. Jesus Kampa believes in diversity and that a workforce should mirror the community that serves. In 2018, Jesus Kampa was named Executive Director for the Council on Law Enforcement Education and Training for the State of Oklahoma and served proudly before indefinitely retiring from a storybook career in December 2020. Jesus Kampa holds a master's degree in criminal justice and security administration and is currently working on a PhD in public service leadership. Jesus Kampa is a supporter of 21st century policing, procedural justice and active in prison reform. He is the owner of both America's best strategic security group and leading through adversity. Jesus Kampa is an internationally recognized keynote speaker and university lecturer. Jesus Kampa first book, Unmasking Leadership, will be available this summer, July 2021. Wow, this is like a best guest to have on the Solid Saturday, who is leading his area of expertise best way possible. And I can't wait to hear more from him. So let's just welcome him and hear more about his career journey. How did he find his area of interest and managing to lead that? Hello, Jesus. Very happy to have you on the show and really appreciate all your time and consideration being on the show. No, thank you. The honor is mine. I'm looking forward to a great conversation. Thank you. Yeah, same here, actually. And you are the first person from the police and the law enforcement. And I would love to have and discuss more about what goes under that. So the first section that we have is about passion and interest. So when you think about your area of interest, like, you know, how did you find your passion in this particular field and what motivates you to be in this field every day? So I I was motivated to become a police officer and get into law enforcement uh, because of my uncle. Um, I grew up in a single parent household. I did not have a, uh, my father was not in the picture. So my uncle served as a role model and I wanted to follow in his footsteps. And then, of course, you know, growing up and watching television, um, you saw all the cool police shows that they, they used to come out, and I just wanted to be there. And once I actually got into the field, I realized that uh, I really enjoyed helping people to uh, move forward and those that couldn't help themselves, and I really enjoyed uh, being a public servant. Wow. 
Oh, that's great, actually. And I really appreciate all your time uh, to be on the show. Uh, the second uh, section that we have is questions from the audience, where we do have a couple of questions shortlisted for you. So the first question that we have is, do you think it is the time for the revival of res uh, restorative justice in the criminal justice systems across the globe? Yes, absolutely. I, I do think that we're in a perfect time. It's been a long time in coming. Uh, we do need some reform in all the uh, criminal justice fields around the globe, not only just in the United States, but of course, uh, all over the globe. I think that uh, when criminal justice uh, re systems were created, they were created at a time that uh, is not e equal to where we're at today. And I think we need to take a very serious look at the criminal justice system and make some adjustments so it, it's inclusive of all and treats everybody in a fair manner. Wow, that's great. And thank you so much for sharing. Um, when you think about like, you know, reformation or restoring uh, restorative justice, uh, how do you think would be the approach actually uh, to achieve that? Well, I think that if, if we're going to um, restore justice and, 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 and reform, and I think the most important thing is that all the stakeholders need to be at the table. And what I mean by that is not just the politicians, not just the law enforcement, not just the criminal justice advocates, but I mean everybody. Everybody is impacted by criminal justice reform. And I think that you have to have uh, inclusivity uh, for everybody while you make those reforms, but in those reforms, you also should have empathy for everybody. And it's the only way we're gonna be able to move forward is if you make this a conversation that's open to everybody and take everybody's input. Wow, that's great, actually. And that would be a better world to be in. So thank you so much for sharing. Second question that we have is, what do you think are the greatest challenges of international criminal justice in the context of changes brought by modern technologies? Yeah, that's an excellent question. I think that uh, one of the greatest challenges is the fact that uh, to, and let me mention the United States. I mean, the United States is, is known for its abundancy and, and you know, a lot of resources, but even in the United States, there's agencies who cannot afford the modern technology. It's not available to them and they can't even get it, even though uh, the neighbor, the city next to them has it. So internationally, when you're talking about a global wide um, opportunity for agencies to implement the use of current technology, the fact that it's so expensive and it's not available to them is, is, is a major issue. So, you know, there's some nations that don't even have access to the internet because they don't have the infrastructure. And a lot of this technology requires you to have internet Wi-Fi access in order for it to operate. So I think that, um, you know, that's one of the major challenges that it's affecting all international law enforcement agencies is the inability to have access to the resources. Wow, that's a great one. And uh, Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, the next section that we have is moreover about a fun segment where I'm going to give you like a three keywords which are moreover associated with your profile. And you have to just uh, tell us like, you know, what comes to your mind. It can be like a replacement keyword for those keywords or it can be a short or abstract definition. So are you ready for that? Sure. Yeah. So the first word that we have is the law enforcement. Law enforcement, uh, justice. Wow. Uh, the second word is leadership. Oh, adversity. Mm -hmm. And the third keyword is police. Did you say police? Police, yeah. Police. Um, misunderstood. Oh, 
Yeah, that is a good one actually. And why do you think that? Well, I, I think that, you know, 99% of policemen are actually good people who are doing the job because it comes from their heart. And unfortunately, it's that 1% that uh, takes the limelight that always has a spotlight shining on them because they do the bad things. And unfortunately, we're misunderstood because of that 1%. People mm-hmm. only concentrate on the bad that they see from the police and not the good that the police actually do. And that's why I've always said that I wish I had become a fireman because everybody likes firemen. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think that is uh, sometimes irrespective of the field as well, that people always look into the mistakes. But when it comes to police, I guess police deal with a lot of uh, people and their emotions. That's why people exaggerate for those things when they found one issue with, you know, in, in hundreds of other where police handled it very well. So thank you so much for putting it forward so that, you know, uh, people out there can understand it as well. Because there is a lot of hard work, I feel. Like there is only one police in my family. Uh, that is also one of my cousin. And I see that they work like a 24 by 7, which is like a very hard profession to be in. Uh, yeah, so much, yeah. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing. And moving towards our next section is about exploring your career, work, and volunteering. So the question that we have under that segment is, would you like to share more about leading through adversity? What does future leadership looks like to you? Well, I think that uh, future leadership uh, is is in, in a little bit of danger. I think that uh, the true definition of leadership has been lost uh, recently. Uh, because it seems that uh, leaders are leaning more towards not doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do or because it benefits people. I think current leaders that are being put in place right now are doing things more out of um, uh, out of being selfish. They do it to see how they can benefit from becoming a leader means, you know, and I think that uh, it's very prevalent in, in the last couple of presidential elections that we had that here in the United States that, you know, those were the two best choices that we had in our nation. So I think leadership needs to develop, needs to become more mentored. It needs to kind of uh, take a back seat and be more of a, uh, don't ask what you can do for me, but let me ask you what I can do for you and move us forward. Yeah, that is a really very big thought actually that you put forward. So thank you so much for that. I would like to ask one more question, actually, leading through diverse, adversity, that you are leading it like since more than 20 years, I guess. So would you like to share more about it? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I've been in leadership role. I've been in law enforcement for 27 years. I've been in leadership positions for the last 14 years of my career. Uh-huh. Uh, and actually, I think I've been a leader uh, a lot more than that. You know, I served as a, as a, as a manager for Walmart at one time and and, you know, moving up like that. But I think uh, leading through adversity, what we do is we're a coaching, mentoring organization. And I think that what we need to do is leaders need to understand that it's okay to admit when they're wrong. They're not the smartest people in in, in the room all the time. And we should uh, listen to the people around us who help guide us and make some of the most important decisions. But the one thing I'd like to, to say about that is make sure that you're taking information from somebody who has actually done the job of being a leader Uh, It's like kind of saying like, uh, you know, a heart surgeon is not going to take advice from a plumber, you know. So as a leader, you know, you're not going to take as a leader of a law enforcement organization, you're not going to take advice 
from a leader of the teachers organization, you know, so make sure that you, you're you following in your career path and learning from those that, that have done it before and learn from their mistakes as well. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. And I really finding it very insightful while talking to you because you are very to the point and whatever points you are mentioning, those are actually very much related and very much, you know, we are looking for making a difference in those certain areas. So thank you so much for putting those forwards. And uh, next section that we have is tips and advice. So you have such a long career journey in this particular space. So any tips or advice would you like to give to the students or the professionals who are looking to get into this area or looking this as their long-term career option? Yes, you know, um, I think that the one thing you need to do is really consider if this position is for you. Remember that law enforcement is a very fluid and very changing profession, okay? Um, it's not the type of profession that is for everybody. The profession is a calling. It calls you to be part of that profession. And if you don't feel that calling, then you're, you need to look somewhere else. You need to understand that law enforcement at times, at times can be a very physically demanding and violent um, profession. Uh, you're going to see some of the worst things that you would never want anybody to see. Uh, you're going to get into fights. You're going to get hit. You might even get shot at. And those are things that you have to be willing to sacrifice. You have to be willing to basically give up your life for a perfect stranger and be okay with that. Um, so really do your soul searching because right now we do have a lot of people who are coming into the profession just for a paycheck and not really doing it because of the commitment that it takes to be a public servant. So those are some of the tips that I would have for anybody looking at. Make sure this is exactly what you want to do. Talk to your friends. Talk to talk to the police officer on the street and just sit there and have a conversation with them and ask them what it's really like. It's the most honorable profession that you can do, helping others that can't help themselves, you know. But it's also a very tasking and demanding position. So you got to make sure that this is what you want to do. And I can tell you that if you find out that this is really what you want to do, you will be rewarded, not financially, because you're not going to get rich doing this job, but you'll be rewarded spiritually. Yes. Thank you so much. And that was really very wise advice for any, uh, like, you know, a student out there who can complete their career in this particular space. So thank you so much. And uh, we are moving towards the closure of the show, which is the leadership. And that is your area of expertise, actually. And you already mentioned a couple of very uh, interesting things or very valid things about leadership. The first thing that you mentioned is that, you know, uh, the attitude of asking what I can do for you or whether it is when it comes to like, you know, taking responsibilities or uh, being there kind of a feeling for, you know, other people. So that, that showcases the leadership. So here to summarize it, uh, what is your leadership style and any specific leader that you always follow or admire and why? Yeah. So, you know, um, my leadership style is that of a coaching, mentoring, servant leader. I, I consider myself to be a visionary leader. Uh, I like to look at the big picture and try to imagine what could be and how we're going to get there. So I like to help coach and mentor the people so we can actually accomplish that mission. Uh -huh. um, I have the unique ability to actually transform my leadership ability to any of the different styles of leadership, depending on the situation that it's called for. So uh -huh. the majority of the time, I like to be a visionary change agent uh, serving as a coach and a mentor. Uh -huh. um, if you could just repeat the second part of that question, 
Yeah. So any specific leader that you always follow or admire and why? Yes. You know, I've, I've, I've been a big fan of Martin Luther King Jr. Um, he was a visionary of somebody that could see what life could be like if we all just got along. And, um, you know, I, I love his famous speech of I have a dream because I have that same dream of, of, an, of, a, of, a, of a world where we all can just be happy and, and, and be one and accept each other for what we are, human beings, mm-hmm. not a color or a race or a religion or, any, or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing it. And I really enjoyed this conversation. And it was definitely a very useful as well as some of the things that you have mentioned. Those I definitely feel that people should listen out there. So thank you so much for being my guest. It was purely the honor to have you on the show. And I really appreciate all your time. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. And uh, thank you for the conversation. Yeah, thank you so much. Okay, so that is all about Jesse Stampa and his achievements as well as his career journey and the way he is leading his area of expertise. Before we close this episode, I'm going to close it with a closure quote from a Tom Peters, which says, leaders don't create followers. They create more leaders. And on that quote, We are closing this episode. See you guys in the next episode. Until we meet, happy leading. Let's lead together. Stay safe. Bye for now.